Hi team, and what's the good news? The good news is today is Sunday, so we have another episode of My Kind of Podcast for you. We're on Season 3, Episode 34, Sunshine. In a dystopian wasteland of a future, where shadows of desolation permeate, our band of heroes emerge, each one carrying the scars of the past, yet fueled by a shared determination to survive against the encroaching walls of darkness. They're on a journey to unravel the mystery shrouding their world and the flickering flames and memories that refuse to be extinguished. This is where the haves and have-nots collide, but it may be a price too heavy to pay. Dear reader, these were not good omens. The plague doctor contemplated the defiant coin, realizing the situation. It was not Jenny who died. She lifted one of her pant legs, exposing the folded body of a snake. It brings a whole new meaning to snakeskin leg. Dear reader, the whole scene seemed darker. Uh, darker than dark. These were not good times. However, her leg was protected from Polaris's field of view by the wagon's rear, rear panel. It was the sensation she recognized all too well with the loose coin. This one is special, Sunshine thought to herself. For as long as I can remember, people have been raising an eyebrow and at me by hearing my name, Sunshine. She spoke to Jenny. It's weird, isn't it? Sunshine was looking at Jenny. Jenny was having a hard time focusing. The snake mask was moving as Sunshine spoke, each emphasizing the clear phonemes, especially the S's from her snakeskin mask. No one ever liked me, Sunshine winced. She touched some of the scales on her leg. The reaction wasn't uncalled for. After all, there's a stark contrast between my name, my body, and my role in the grand scheme of existence. Sunshine then leaned into Jenny. You know what I'm talking about, right? Then Sunshine placed one hand on top of Jenny's head and the other underneath her chin. And then shook her head like Jenny was saying yes. Sunshine went back to inspecting the coin. Sunshine. A name that means invoking visions of bright golden rays, breaking through the clouds of warmth and life. The name paints an image of cheerfulness and optimism, and of all things bright and beautiful, sunshine. Because I am bright and beautiful, sunshine says. Jenny's eyes widen. Don't look at me like that. I didn't do this to you, sunshine says. I know, it's hard to see, but this ceremony, these garbs, are your fault, Jenny. Apparently for you. Peeking over the tail panel, Polaris was staring. But Sunshine knew she had all the time in the world. And yet, Sunshine continues, In a world without Sunshine, here I am. My task couldn't be more different. I'm the fairy woman, a guardian of the liminal space between life and death. But we both know that you're too stubborn to die, don't we? Sunshine hands had a distinctive texture. Ah, oh, it's not soft, not pliable like human skinned. Instead, it was miniature fissures. Each scale offered a rhythmic touch, each scale individual yet together forming a unified surface. She, she touched Jenny's face and chin again as she nodded yes again. I guide souls across the hauntingly still waters of the river of Styx, the boundary between the here and now and the recycling center. They expect a dark, solemn figure, maybe even a hooded entity with hollow eyes, but instead they find me, 
The air, dear reader, was thick with tension. Wooden panels creaked occasionally, the only sound apart from the soft rustle of layered garments. Time felt like it wasn't moving. In the midst of the wagon's gloom sat the plague doctor draped in dark robes. Sunshine. The snake mask she was wearing was unmistakable, with an elongated snout, serpentine eyes, and meticulously crafted patterns on its scales. The atmosphere feels heavy, like the weight of countless secrets hanging in the air. Sunshine peered down at Jenny. I'm going to show you something. She leaned near, face to mask. Jenny could feel the subtle mist of heat from Sunshine's breath on her cheek. And with a slow, deliberate motion, Sunshine reaches up and gently pushed aside a portion of her mask. The world seemed to hold its breath as the mask shifts. A mesmerizing glow spills out of the opening. This was not the harsh, white, typical light. This, this was a radiant hue. A hue that's hard to describe. As if one had captured the essence of sunshine and added a touch of neon green and then let it simmer beneath the surface of her skin. Radiating from her to her skin was warmth, but this was different. This was both comforting and slightly alarming. Jenny's eyes were glued open. The very air around her seemed to hum, filled with energy that is palpable. Dear reader, an aura of radioactivity. Jenny's eyes were feeling like they would pop out of her head. The moment lingered, connected by the shared secret. And then, as silently as she revealed it, Sunshine replaced the mask. This was faster than an instant. Like a glint of the coin that was in her hand that she was inspecting, the mask slid back into place. The world plunged back into its muted darkness, leaving Jenny with a bunch of questions about the gentle glow of radioactive sunshine that she just witnessed. But Sunshine continued her story. In their final journey, all souls find themselves adrift between two worlds, like you are now. And so, as ironic as it may seem, being named Sunshine while ushering souls into the abyss may be a necessary paradox, a beacon of memory for those moving on, reminding them of the radiant life that they once led. Even as they sail into the eternal light, Sunshine still pulled up her pant leg, nearly, nearly stomping next to Jenny. Sometimes, they ask me how I managed to disguise my snake's lower half as human legs. The answer was the practice art of carefully folding in the right choice of pants, revealing the shimmering scales of the snake body for legs. The river's reflection caught the iridescence of her scales, matching the sparkle in the, di in the dim light. The horizon shimmered. That's where we're going, Sunshine said. Taking a deep breath and with a gentle tug, one scale fell off, leaving a fresh, slightly sensitive patch behind. She winced momentarily, but then let out a sigh of relief. The scale shimmered with luster, almost alive in its essence. Carefully, she positioned the scale on the coin and the coin back in Jenny's mouth. The scale seemed to meld with the coin, holding it in place with an otherworldly grip. Otherworldly grip. A soft glow emanated from where the two met, casting a gentle light on Jenny's serene face. Sunshine then waved at the Polaris, the sky lightened going from pitch dark to just plain can't see. Tears, if Jenny had any, were refusing to fall. The coin was secured and balance was restored. 
Plague Doctor Sunshine resumed her watchful stance, guiding the cart and its precious cargo towards the awaiting ceremony to cross the River of Styx. The scale's intervention was a testament to the in intricate dance between fate and will, a dance that Sunshine knew all too well. At the heart of it all, on stage, was the was a swapping apparatus. Right next to the River of Styx, a marvel of cybernetic, engin cybernetic engineering that gleamed coldly under the only lights in the area. The murmur of the gathered masses echoed in the vast space. At the center of attention stood an intricate platform with symbols by connected with various machines and coils and wires and tubes. Upon it lay some sad, sad faces. Upon it lay the lambs. That's where Jenny was heading. She was about to be a lamb. All lambs were bound on the stage with leather, leather restraints. Their eyes darted around nervously, trying to comprehend their surroundings of the situations that they found themselves in. Jenny was ushered onto stage from the ancient cart, and the enormity of the situation began to weigh heavy on them. Whispers as Jenny was dragged across the stage. Ghost. 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 The cart aged with wooden the cart aged with wooden groans beneath the weight being released from Jenny. Its engravings were telling stories of the countless who had journeyed the path before, and there, there on that corner, a new one. That's Jenny's. The mammoth ant was a colossal creature with glistening black exoskeleton and stood there. Deliberate were its movements, even while at rest. An eerie quiet. The ant waited with a cart in extreme patience as Jenny went across the stage. Its antenna were twitching, watching everyone in the crowd. The underground chamber still echoed with murmurs and murmurs and whispers, a testament to the significance of the ceremony. And like someone flipped on a light, a light, light torches flickered on, casting and dancing shadows that played tricks on on the visual cortexes of the lamb's eyes. The sense of dampness and age hung in the air. It was in their mind that the storm, the storm of thoughts raged. Why me? Out of all people, why was I chosen for them? Or chosen for this? The lambs recalled tales of, of the swap ceremony and told stories in hushed tones around campfires, but these were just stories. This was not supposed to happen. And there were stories of those who underwent the ritual and emerged stronger. Their souls reborn. They were reborn. But there are also whispers of those who never returned. Their essence lost forever. The lambs were feeling like, this is, is, is this the end or a new beginning? They felt the rough texture of the soft leather binding their hands and feet to the cart or to the stage. As the cart rolled away from the stage, they could see Polaris in her white robes, almost glowing, standing ready to oversee the ritual. Some other thoughts that the lambs had, what if this goes wrong? We've heard the horror stories. Will it happen to me? Will I lose myself? Memories, past rumors, stories, fish tales of friends made and lost, battles won and challenges overcome flooded their mind. Every experience led them to this moment. The uncertainty of the outcome was agonizing. Some were thinking, I need to be strong. I faced challenges before. This is just another obstacle to overcome. The mammoth ant was now out of the crowd. 
that and Jenny was now tied down on stage. Overwhelming fear and anticipation swirled around them as they took their as the as the players took the first steps towards towards their uncertain fate. Others were still mesmerized as they were looking at the actual spark stone. This was the key to the whole process. Polaris was a tall, slender figure dressed in pristine white robes overseeing the ceremony. She was looking forward to it. The robes contrasted starkly against the chamber's dark surroundings. She carried herself with an air of authority and confidence, as if everything was under control. Spoiler alert, they are. As the, as the wagon left, the creature... Uh, the creature was at a low hum. Torches and luminant orbs floated in the air, casting soft, uh, soft glow around them, guiding visitors through the winding passages of the mo- of the of old stories. Each stone tells the tale of those who underwent the ceremony, hinting at the unique gifts that they could receive. Dear reader, everything was there. Though every though every clear coloring, or the, even though through the clear coloring of the spark stone. At its center was a moat of ever-shifting metal liquid. This was the heart of swapping technology, the spark stone, the artifact of untold power. It's said to be forged from the essence of the cosmos itself. Elegantly, Polaris had everyone's gaze as she began her speech. Today, new lambs stand ready, although none of the lambs were actually standing as the ceremony commenced, sounds and chants in all languages, types, and sprang up from unseen corners of the vault. Instruments from a bygone time, some that won't exist for thousands of years. They were all serenading the spark stone, and the stone itself responded, humming and glowing more vibrantly with each note. The metal in the center was beckoning. It was like it was journeying into a forgotten dream. Sunshine sat on her cart and watched the metallic magma start to bubble. Familiar face, a familiar face in the crowd she picked out that was late, bouncing up and down to try to see the stage, but she was too short. Sunshine whispered for her, and Leela came and sat next to Sunshine. What's going on? Leela said. And Sunshine's snake eyes ga- glazed over as she remembered. I remember the day I was chosen to touch the spark stone. I was hoping to harness the gift, the gifts that they uh, that they said. I approached. I reached out and touched the sun, the stone's pulsating energy. I was a good lamb, an eager lamb, and I touched the magma, and then the world disappeared. When I emerged from the trance, I was forever changed. From the waist down, I was a snake and highly radioactive. Leela, feeling sad and wanting to comfort her friend, chimed in. From the palm of my hands, I could now summon lightning bolts and hurl them with a force both wondrous and daunting. But Sunshine didn't look at her. Oh, these are just stories, though, right? These are just fables, made-up stuff, stuff of fiction. But so, dear reader, you see, it's not Lila's or Vanessa's fault. Just Jenny broke the mystery box. So none of the events you're about to read even existed. All because Jenny booked the mystery box. And sometimes the history thing happened. Did. But other times it didn't. But that's just what you think. The truth is in your imagination. This is what really happened. Camilla seemed to hold her breath. Because Jenny broke the mystery box. And we all saw what really happened. So when you tell this story. Will you tell it as it really happened? 
or you succumb to the shadows of uncertainty. The choice is yours. Thank you for tuning in this week. Huge shout out to everyone that made this possible. Huge shout out to Toby, to Terrence, to Chris, to Bree, to Mike, to Alice, to everybody who helped me make that make this possible and achieving my dreams as well. And stay tuned for next week. We'll have another episode for you. Stay frosty, my friends.